You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 146, it's the end of January 2018, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Lots to get into, one of the biggest wrestling weekends of the year, Royal Rumble weekend, NXT TakeOver this weekend, big Raw on Monday night, no shortage of wrestling news to get into, Smackdown Live this week. Let's just go chronologically, Uh, we were at a house show on Saturday night that drew the biggest domestic house show gate in a decade. I cannot believe that that's true, but <laughs> apparently it's true. Not to, not attendance, but in terms of total ticket prices, and I didn't even think the ticket prices were that outrageous. Um, but anyway, big house show on Saturday night. We saw Brock Lesnar work live. I don't know if there's a, a whole lot to talk about from that show, but uh, not one of the better house shows I've been to. What did you think of the house show Saturday night, Liam? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. We're uh we're a little spoiled. We get we get NXT a few times up a year a uh, few times a year up 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 in our neck of the woods and they tend to put on a really uh really energetic, really fun show and this show is uh, a lot of guys working you can tell they were a little beat up. Uh guys like Jason Jordan who have been hurt for a while, uh Matt Hardy who's just been hurt for like 10 years, uh, maybe longer and guys like that uh so yeah, not not to say that nobody put any effort in, but it was just it was just you could tell a lot of guys were beat up. Uh, not not a bad time. It's we mentioned this I think on the, one of the last times, maybe the last NXT show we went to, but uh, it's real hard to have a bad time uh, watching being live at a wrestling show of any type. And uh, yeah, I still had fun, but yeah, maybe not not in the upper echelon of of the greatest shows I've ever seen. Only highlights for me were the uh, the lady sitting behind me who loved Finn Balor and was, <laughs> kept commenting on his on his quote cute booty, and uh, Elias. She started rooting for Elias in the Elias versus Finn Balor match once Elias took his shirt off. Uh, lots of uh, lots of fun in the crowd. Uh, yeah, so I was uh, I was up in the upper deck. I was uh, I was sitting with the common folk. You were you were in the elitist section uh, down down near the front row, but I was, I was up with the common man and woman. And, uh, uh, there was a woman sitting next to me. She was probably, I would say in her late fifties, maybe early sixties. Um, and she was, she'd been pretty quiet all night. Uh, she had asked me one question, which was when Elias started wrestling, if that was the same man who was playing guitar earlier, (laughs) Uh, aside from that, she had been pretty quiet. Uh, I mean, she, you know, she seemed to be having a good time, but nothing out of the ordinary. And then uh, Roman Reigns came out, and this woman lost her mind. She was at first sort of still sitting down, but like sort of grabbed onto each one of the armrests and was just bouncing up and down and screaming and screaming, yeah, yeah. And then Roman got up on the turnbuckle and did his little flexing pose, and this woman began to leap up and down in place and she had some sort of a a plastic bag on her arm that I believe had some WWE merchandise in it and was just swinging it wildly. It almost hit me in the face a few times. Uh, And she was so excited. This woman that was jumping up and down was so excited. She almost fell over onto a small child that was sitting in front of her, (laughs) sitting in the row in front of her. Um, She was out of her mind. And Yes, during at the main event when Roman Reigns set up for the Superman punch and his big spear to finish the match, again, this woman began to leap up and down and swing her plastic bag around uh, uh, even more wildly, which in fact made uh, another woman sitting nearby uh, laugh harder than I've ever heard anyone laugh at the woman nearly repeatedly nearly hitting me in the face with her bag. So uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. Maybe not for me so much, but for for the people around me, it was it was a good time. But uh, no, like I said, hard to have even with even with sort of some interesting uh, uh, interesting fellow fans or interesting people around my section. It was a 
still a pretty good time. I can, I will never tire of talking about how terrible the concessions are at the Royal Farms Arena in downtown Baltimore. <laughs> but let me just say, if they would put a soft serve ice cream machine in that place, they they would make a killing. All I ever want when I'm in that building is soft serve ice cream, and they there are there's a scarcity of frozen treats. <laughs> really, okay. it's really it's really uh, indefensible. Sure, yeah. Uh, so we got home. I got home, <laughs> and uh, we went to our respective homes. We don't share a home, uh, <laughs> and watched. <laughs> Two large adult men sharing a house. Uh, <laughs> it would never work. <laughs> Tuesdays, 8.30 on CBS. Uh, and watched NXT TakeOver, which, uh, as you mentioned, it's hard to have a bad time at a house show. It's apparently impossible for there to be a bad <laughs> NXT TakeOver show. A lot of people are saying, well, I think the main event of Johnny Gargano against... Andrade Cien Almas for the NXT title. I think most people believe that it's the best WWE match since either uh, the Tyler beat Pete Dunn match at the TakeOver Chicago last year or AJ and seen it at the Royal Rumble last year. I even saw one site saying on their Twitter account that it might be the best WWE match of the last five years. I thought it was really freaking great. Probably five stars. I don't know that I liked it as much as the Tyler Bate Pete Dunn match last year, but we're really splitting hairs. That was an awesome match and that was an awesome show. Do you have thoughts on the takeover? Yeah, yeah, it was a great show. Uh opening tag match. Um breaking news here in twenty eighteen, people. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are great. Uh they're just they're they're such such great bad guy tag team wrestlers. And so they had two big guys in the Authors of Pain to throw them around, and they just bumped like crazy for them. And they, you know, using underhanded tactics, one guy distracted the ref, the other guy hit a chop block on him to sort of get the heat. They did, I thought, just a great job in that match. Uh, not uh, Velteen Dream and Ono, maybe a little disappointing for some people. I thought I still enjoyed that match a lot. Uh, the women's match, I thought they told a really great story and. Mauro Ronaldo uh, losing his damn mind when Ember somehow found a way to pin Shayna Baszler was awesome. Um, I thought he did a great job of really getting over the the miracle that that just occurred by by Ember managing to somehow win this match with one arm. Um, and that's and then yes, as you mentioned, the main event. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was great. Uh, a lot of what we talked about uh, on last week's show kind of came to fruition. We talked about the potential of Tommaso Ciampa coming back. We talked about the potential of, Kend- of Candice Ray getting involved with Selena Vega, which also happened. Um, so good, uh, good week for the hashtag scoops crowd um, for, uh, for us. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a great match. Um, I didn't, I would kind of tend to agree with you. I thought it was really awesome. And maybe if Gargano won, maybe if it had that perfect happy ending, um, I would have thought it was the best WWE match in years. But yeah, as it stands, it was great. It's the best WWE match so far this year, for sure. And uh, and yeah, it was it was awesome. And uh, just a really fun show, really easy to watch show overall, as, as they always are, as you pointed out. So almost retain the title and i guess they're going with almas and black next and then where do you think that i mean it sure seems like gargano and ciampa is obviously direction i don't know if ciampa is ready to work yet and i'm not sure where this leaves adam cole exactly do you have any thoughts on kind of the title picture there and maybe more will be clear after the next set of tapings yeah i mean i mean my early thoughts were that Either it'll be a multi-man match, like maybe they do Colt, they do a three-way with with Cole and Black against Almas for the title, or uh, potentially they could put uh, Adam Cole against somebody. I mean, Velveteen Dream is practically a babyface at this point. You could put, you could very easily put the Dream against uh, Adam Cole. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, other than that, there isn't. Uh, or uh, perhaps Adam Cole might. Uh, wrestle with uh, one surprise 
newcomer to the scene of NXT. By newcomer, technically he was there before most of the people that are there now. Uh, EC3 uh, was in the crowd on this show. Your close um, personal friend. My close personal Twitter friend, EC3, EC space three, uh, was, <laughs> was there. And uh, so I could see Adam Cole sliding into a few with him. Depends on what type of character they have him playing. Um, so yeah, there, there's potential there. Um, but yeah, as far as the, it seems like Adam Cole will be at best probably slotted third from the top on that show, which could be a little bit, it does seem a little bit of a demotion for him after it seemed like they were kind of really strapping the rocket for him to kind of have him be the guy that standed tall in the, in the war games match. And, uh, they'd seem to really be pushing him hard and, uh, black, yeah, black just kind of beat him clean. And, and now it certainly felt like. If if Almas is keeping that belt, that they'll move on to uh, to him and him and Black and yeah. So either for me, it's Cole is probably in a multi man match of some kind, maybe a six man with him and and O'Reilly and Fish against some people, or yeah, perhaps he'll be facing off with a uh, some one of the debuting talents like Ricochet, who was also featured in the crowd and obviously is signed, and and then you have a. Uh, EC3 is mentioned. So yeah, there's there's potential for him there. Regardless, Almas doesn't seem long for NXT. He was obviously in the Royal Rumble match on Sunday, as was Adam Cole. But uh, I guess we'll get maybe into that a little bit more as we talk about the Rumble match itself. But I don't expect Almas to be there all year. So uh, yeah, it's one of those newcomers. That, yeah, that act, um, and he's probably... Uh, he or if he's not thankful, he should be that Maurice and Maria Canellas both got pregnant at like the same time, <laughs> because now because we would have gone from having he would have been the third guy to have the female manager who cheats for him to help him win, to now being basically the only guy with that gimmick in in the company. So if he can get up there and establish himself, and they let her talk and let her, like just do what they did in NXT. And I, I, I know that's kind of a crapshoot sometimes. Sometimes it seems like they bring guys up and have them do the exact opposite. But yeah, that, that act to me is a, is, a, is a really solid WWE main roster act waiting to happen. So yeah, I, I could see him probably dropping the title. Uh, probably WrestleMania weekend and possibly being on either Raw or SmackDown on that Monday or Tuesday after WrestleMania. It's a great act too because Vega can take bumps. You know, Maurice isn't taking any bumps. Maria can't take bumps. Well, I guess she yeah. can. I guess she can, but she, but when needed, she can either get in there and deliver a move like she did at the house show we went to, or she can bump. You know that that's uh, that's the underrated part of that act. Uh, the Royal Rumble show on Sunday, the undercard stuff. I don't know. Was just kind of the undercard stuff. I think everything <laughs> everything went. I kind of expected a SmackDown title change tag title change i thought gable and benjamin and the usos might do a little back and forth program there for a while but it seems like after smackdown this week maybe the bludgeon brothers are next um although i guess both, both the bludgeon both the bludgeon brothers and uh gable and benjamin won squash matches on smackdown this week so i don't know i really like the usos promo on smackdown this week by the way we can get into that later but i was a little bit surprised by that aj uh <laughs> he, he he tried. I feel like the undercard stuff on the show, if they had mixed and matched guys differently, this could have been a really good undercard. But as it was, I just ugh, I didn't really care for much. What do you think of the undercard on this show? I, I I'll disagree a little bit. Just say I thought it was it was pretty enjoyable. It's I mean the the stipulation held back the the AJ match. Um, I thought, I mean, doing doing tags and stuff, and having to work that into all the the Shane McMahon and and Daniel Bryan stuff didn't really uh, didn't really do much for me. But I thought the match itself, the action was good, and I I enjoyed the Usos match as well, and uh, uh, enjoyed the the Universal Title match as well. So yeah, I mean, I mean, no question, the two Rumble matches are what's going to stand out on this show at the end of the day, but. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty enjoyable. Uh, I mean, the pre-show stuff was really nothing to write home about. We kind of uh, were in and out on that stuff. Uh, I guess Dave Meltzer said that originally Adam Cole was supposed to be the surprise opponent for for Bobby Roode's U.S. title open challenge that ended up being switched to Mojo Raleigh. So 
that was obviously pretty underwhelming. Uh, sorry to our buddies at take two takedown, but yes, Mojo Rally was pretty underwhelming in that spot. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, otherwise, yeah, I, nothing super spectacular, but there was nothing on this show to me. This show did not feel like a five hour show. Uh, and a lot of times when WWE does these four or five hour shows, they feel that length. They feel twice as long, actually. <laughs> so I thought they did a much better job of pacing everything. And obviously having two hour long rumble matches with lots of surprises and drama helped that. But uh, yeah, overall, I thought this was one of the better main roster shows in a while. Should mention the Raw tag title match, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the the bar won the titles for the... <laughs> I don't know, for the 19th time. You mentioned Jordan didn't tag in at the house show we went to. He barely tagged in. He may not have tagged in uh, in the Raw tag title match. And I, I don't know, the guy's hurt. Seeing him up close, he looked like a guy who used to work out uh, four times a day and now hasn't been able to work out in two or three weeks. Like just a, just a little, little... Little, little flabby, little body shaming, <laughs> little body shaming for Mr. Jordan. Of all the guys on that show, <laughs> the body shame you picked, Jason Jordan. Um, I I don't know, just it was noticeable. You were like ten feet from Kane in spandex, and you're you're body shaming Jason Jordan on this show. The amount of sweat in the Brock Lesnar Kane match. <laughs> My, you were word. next to you were close to Matt Hardy, who wrestled in a t-shirt and a coat. <laughs> on, uh, on this show and you're body shaming jason jordan Oops. my god it's like, uh, the world champion sweaters on that show were roman and brock those guys <laughs> oh my word they roman sw- wrestles in a freaking straight jacket every week of course they're flak jacket it's not a straight jacket uh yeah pretty poor sure straight jackets have sleeves <laughs> i'm sure he's yes i'm sure he sweats a lot all right the royal rumble match itself the men's rumble Enough fashion talk. Enough fashion and body shaming, at least for now. For now. Uh, right, I'm sure we'll get into some more later. Uh, particularly when we're talking about the women's rumble. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura won the men's rumble. I think we predicted that. Uh, I think I predicted that. I think you predicted Roman and then talked me into picking Roman. <laughs> um, but I think they very clearly... Mm, they were very scared of how the Philly crowd would have reacted <laughs> to that. They learned a lesson, it appears, which is not something I we get to say very often about WWE. John Cena was in there at the end. I guess the final six were Nakamura, Reigns, uh, Orton, Cena, Rey Mysterio. <laughs> who, who was the other? Who was the other? Uh, quote unquote, Finn Balor. And Balor, right? Balor was the Iron Man. Uh, of the match, which we'll never hear the end of, as they continue not to push him. Um, but but they want to pretend like they're pushing him. Oh, well, we can get into that. But uh, so the big surprises, I guess, were Rey Mysterio, Adam Cole, the Hurricane got a little spot, uh, a little cameo there. Um, Almas. Am I forgetting any surprises? Uh, so you mentioned Adam Cole. Yeah, lots of NXT guys. Yeah, not yeah. I think Hurricane and Ray were the two real big surprises, and obviously Ray was uh, the was the really cool one. But uh, yeah, out, outside of that, it was pretty pretty much. I think everybody else was was pretty much expected to be there. Ray looked as good. He looked as good as I've seen him since he was in WCW. <laughs> he was incredible in this match. He wasn't wearing knee braces, which I haven't like. Like most of my memories, like I'm, I'm uh, about to be 25. So like most of my formative years that I watched Rey Mysterio were when he was on SmackDown wearing really baggy pants to hide his knee braces. Mm-hmm. Like I like watching him move. And obviously I've gone back thanks to the network and DVDs and stuff like that. I've seen sort of more prime in his prime Rey Mysterio. And I mean, yeah, that guy's one of the three or four best that's, you know, maybe ever done his style of wrestling. Uh, yeah, but to see the way he moved after years of watching sort of what appeared to be the twilight of his career, Rey Mysterio, uh, just come out here and just look incredible and looked in great shape. Uh, I question maybe how a man of his age looks like that, but 
he's not I didn't, I he's didn't not think, under any drug testing policies so that's that's true and i didn't think it was a juicer physique i thought he was much slimmer than he was in his last wwe run well yeah i mean he was he wasn't wearing a shirt i think for the last like two years even wwe he had started sort of covering up his physique a little bit more but uh yeah he was i mean he was in he was in great shape either way and again not of course i'm not accusing anyone of anything uh, that's that's a compliment, by the way. It's not there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. He also isn't he also Rey Mysterio also isn't on Twitter claiming that all he's doing is eating chicken and egg whites. So <laughs> this is true. That's that's generally the guys I have I have more uh, issue with, and so that's not me calling anybody out. Um, but uh, yeah, he looked great and he moved great and and uh, yeah, they did the 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 face off spot of. Nakamura, Reigns, and Balor against Cena, Ray, and Randy. Sort of the, the generational clash. Um, even though I think Randy Orton's younger than <laughs> at least two of those guys on the other side. But um, <laughs> actually, I don't, think he's, I don't think he's younger than Balor. I think he's, he's definitely younger than Nakamura, though. Um, they might be the now, same. Eh, they might be the same age. Him and Nakamura? Yeah. So I think Nakamura is about to be 40, and I think Randy's. Thirteen, yeah, maybe Randy's thirty-nine. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, that's yeah. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, either, either way, it was it's and what's also important is because I see a lot of people point that kind of stuff out, and we've talked about this before. Anyone who watches WCW watched WCW during the height of the Money at Wars. Age, physical age, is not what's important. It's how old you are in TV years. It's how you know how interested people are in your character. Um, so it doesn't matter that Finn and Nakamura, I think that's kind of a sticking point for some people that Nakamura and Finn and guys like that are, are all a little older, but it's like, nah. And Joe, you know, Joe's another one who's, who's up there. And it's like, yeah, but they're, they're young in WWE TV years. And that's why, they're, that's why they're over it. And they're awesome. That also helps. Yeah. I could. I don't know what Ray's contractual status is. Apparently, this is a one shot. Apparent, uh, according to the Observer, but I could. I would love to see him brought in. You know, four times a year for, or six times a year for pay per view matches, and maybe a couple of TVs building to those matches. I think you could get some mileage out of that. I don't know if it makes more sense if he would make more in merchandise money being under the WWE banner, or do you have any thoughts on how Ray could be used uh, there, or whether he'll. Uh, just kind of any instincts as to whether or not he'll he'll be sticking around or I mean my thought is there's times when things are planned to be one shots and then you look at them and how great he looked and how good he did in the match and how the fans reacted the fans went crazy for him uh which is sort of ironic cuz one of his last high profile WWE appearances was getting booed out of the building in that Royal Rumble where people thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan um but uh, so I could I could see them sort of maybe thinking it was a one time thing and then sort of starting to rethink that idea once they saw how how great he looked and, and how into it the fans were. So, yeah, I'd love to see him back on you know some of these big shows and see him work with uh, again. There's there's guys we, we've been talking about on the show lately who don't have like a clear cut WrestleMania opponent, guys like Balor or Rollins or. I'm sure there's guys on SmackDown as well. They don't necessarily have a clear cut. Like I'd love to see a Rey Mysterio Kevin Owens match. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. Um, so like there's there yeah. So having him kind of come in and work with stars who they maybe don't have a great idea for, especially on big pay per views, that sounds like a great idea to me. Well, the main event of this show was the Women's Royal Rumble, which turned out to kind of be a backdrop for the debut of Ronda Rousey who, after a lot of cloak and dagger, was not in the Rumble match, but was at the show. Asuka won the Rumble, and this Rumble match, it went on last. If you were to technically break down the match, (laughs) I think you could end up lost. However, because of all of the, the stars from the past that they brought back, it was just surprise after surprise after surprise. Um... I I really enjoyed that match, and I really enjoyed the whole show because of both the men's rumble and the women's rumble. I thought the women's rumble was absolutely perfect for what it was. I think if you, I don't know how you get to that same level next year, given that you can't, you can't 
you can't do you can't do that again. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. Say, do you, did you save any surprises for next year? I mean, are you you going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel with with the names you can pull out for next year? I mean, you, you could have Ivory and Victoria, right? I mean, that's that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, we're. I think we've we've discussed this briefly in the past. I don't think Stacey Keebler's coming back to wrestle, uh, much less maybe at all. So there's not, yeah, there aren't a ton of names. They used pretty much every, everyone with any kind of name recognition from, you know, Jacqueline to Tori Wilson, Kelly. I mean, there's other women from like the 2006 to 2012 era you could bring in like, uh, you know, Melina and people like that, I guess. But I don't think they have, I mean, I don't know that. I mean, I, I think I do know that they don't, they wouldn't necessarily get the same reaction or it wasn't, wouldn't be quite as cool moments as what we got out of this one. As far as, you know, talking about bringing Ray back and maybe having some, that having some legs, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know which of the, the women that came back you would necessarily, I thought Trish looked great. Beth looked great. Lita, until she did her moonsault, although I don't necessarily <laughs> think that was entirely her fault. She had to jump. She had to jump really far, and she's north of forty years old now. Um, I'm not sure that was. I thought that was a big ask of her, uh, but Lita looked pretty good in there. I don't know how serious they're going to be about. Sure, seems like they're going to you know start pushing. You're going to have more than one women's feud at a time. Um, on these shows and if that's the case then i'm all in favor of bringing beth back here and there if she wants to work once in a while or bring trish back once a year or twice a year if she wants to do that or bring lita back once a year if she's into that um but those were the, i guess the three that stood out to me as um maybe having that same potential as ray would you agree uh yeah the, those those names make uh make as much sense to me as i think molly holly looked great too um, yeah, that's fair. And Mich- I mean, Michelle was fine for you know. She fell down like three times, <laughs> um, she, she and she also fine. eliminated like everyone <laughs> because, like, I just no, I gotta talk about Michelle McCool for a second <laughs> because people, ne- I will, I refuse to let people rewrite history and say that she was good because she sucked. She was like, I, like, like as a worker, she was probably as good as you had in two thousand eight, but as a promo, she had no charisma. She was in a knockoff of the beautiful people from TNA with Layla. Layla was the woman who had all the charisma in that team. Michelle was awful. She had awful feuds with like Melina and Mickey James and other women. She sucked. She sucked. I hated that time. She was the <laughs> champion forever. She just beat everybody. They had, they had a bunch of terrible two minute matches. She sucked. And I refuse to let anyone rewrite history on that. All right, I'm not going to nitpick you about her character. I will say, there was... You remember Nikki Bella's, not her last run, but her year-long run as champion? Where, yeah, that sucked too. Where, of course, she sucked at the start of it, but by the end of that year, because she got so much flipping ring time, she actually became a competent pro wrestler. That was, yeah. the, deal with, that was the deal with Michelle McCool. She was the worst of the worst when she started, but because... She got focused on, and I don't know why she got so much promo time. I'll agree with you on that. <laughs> but by the end, she turned into a completely competent pro wrestler just because she got so many repetitions. Sure. As a worker, like I said, I, if I didn't say that clearly enough, I'll say it again. But yeah, as a worker, she was perfectly fine by the end. She had perfectly fine matches with Mickey James and Beth Phoenix and Natalia and other women that were good. Um <laughs> She also had bad matches with other women like Kelly Kelly, who bless that woman's heart. I almost met her in a Kmart one time. I'm never going to tell that story. But um, uh, yeah, uh, no, I just I like that that era of divas division stuff sucked, and I don't want anyone because like i saw a few tweets about man she really doesn't get the credit she deserves like she doesn't deserve any credit because she sucked all right well mick foley would probably disagree with you more forcefully than i will on that (laughs) bang Uh, bang yep so but you know ronda's debut overshadowed oscar winning that match and 
Ronda came out and pointed at the WrestleMania sign and pointed at the WrestleMania sign and shook hands with Stephanie and pointed at the <laughs> WrestleMania sign. Look, here's my take on the Ronda thing, and I think it's something that everyone's missing. Not everyone, but a lot of people are missing it. Um, people like uh, Dave at the Wrestling Observer are saying she was out there looking like someone playing pro wrestler. She didn't have her Ronda War face on. You know, she was not being. That's not what's going to work. What's going to work is she didn't have the same aura. The thing that made Ronda such a killer in UFC was that she bad reputation hit and she walked out and looked like she was going to kill your parents in front of you and make you watch. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that was the thing that made Ronda great that. And she went in and killed everybody in 15 seconds like Mike Tyson. But to me, it doesn't matter. And this is not the Russo. We got on the front page of USA today, bro <laughs> argument, but maybe it is. <laughs> it's they got so much press out of this. And not only that, their TV deals coming up here in the next 18, 19 months or so. Yes. Her value cannot be understated when you're going to networks that might not consider wrestling, uh, might not have considered wrestling before Sunday. And now you go to them and you say, we have Ronda Rousey. And they aren't going to remember that she lost her last two fights in devastating fashion. They're going to remember her as the big UFC star who was on Ellen and all of those kinds of shows and um, is a legitimate trailblazer, <laughs> unlike unlike the new moniker that Stephanie McMahon has been branded with. Uh. Ronda was a true trailblazer and a gigantic star, a gigantic sports star, and a mm, she cr- she crossed over in an era when it's nearly impossible for anyone to get out of their genre. Rhonda <laughs> got out of her genre. Now her acting career didn't go anywhere because she can't act. Uh, but <laughs> her whatever. Stop Gina Carano. Hey hey hey. <laughs> <laughs> Drive by on the nicest woman who's ever who's ever competed in MMA. Really that's... took her down a peg. <laughs> oh. Gotcha. <laughs> Oh man, oh, I'm seething with rage. Uh, <laughs> that one was mean based. I, I will not stand for personal attacks <laughs> against Gina Carano on this show. Okay, however, she's a good actor. <laughs> however, uh, yeah. So it, to me, it doesn't matter what Ronda ever does in wrestling as long as she's still with the company in a year when they sign their new TV deal. You know what I mean there? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a financial some sort of financial analysis of the of the XFL stuff, which also happens. That I guess we should talk about later. <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a big week, everybody. But uh, someone mentioned something that like the XFL got five hundred thousand tweets sent about it after Vince's press conference, and based on that, he was able to you know secure or secure at least uh, he began talks with something like two million dollars in advertising like people are talking with him about giving him that based on some tweets now 499 of those tweets were probably people making fun of the xfl but like so the idea that yes it's like and so like if people are willing to pay money just because they think people will talk about your stuff and then you magnify that with the size of the star that ronda rousey is and i really think i think there's a segment of pro wrestling fans that don't want to acknowledge what a giant deal this is. Like you said, you know, she was on, she's on late night talk shows. She's been everywhere. She's, you know, people know who's my mom knows who Ronda Rousey is. My mom doesn't know who God bless any of them. My mom doesn't know who any woman in WWE is except for Bailey, because I named my dog that, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, like that's yeah. that's name recognition and attention that you cannot buy, and I'm glad you mentioned the TV deal because yeah, hey, we have a bona fide superstar, not a WWE superstar, a real like legit household name on our payroll that's going to be on our TV allegedly, according to that ESPN article, quite regularly. Yeah, the article said full time. I don't think she's you know doing the house show loop. I I just. <laughs> I don't see it. Um, but yeah, so Ronda debuting is a big deal. All right, before we get into Raw, 
I think it's time for uh, my my favorite segment. We haven't done it in a couple weeks. It's boss time. Uh oh. And now it's boss time. All right. So obviously a big week. For the boss, Sasha Banks, she was the first woman, the first entrant in the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, and she was the Iron Woman in that match. She lasted the longest. She was one of the final uh, competitors in that match uh, with Asuka and the Bella Twins, of course, uh, the final four, exactly (laughs) as we would have predicted it. Just as everyone predicted, yes. Tell you what, it was a highlight of my wrestling fandom, my wrestling viewing career, seeing my two favorite women's wrestlers of all time. Chris Stratus and Sasha Banks in there doing spots with each other. Oh my goodness. And her poise and her confidence in that match were just mm-hmm. outstanding. And the spot where she threw Trish out over the top was great. And she threw Bailey out too. And she was acting more heelish and it was awesome. And then she went on raw and she had a, a really great match with Oscar. She almost killed herself uh, doing <laughs> trying to do a dive uh, to the outside. And I would really feel better if she would just, do planches from now on rather than doing topes because if you use the ropes to assist you, you kind of get the same effect and hopefully, you know, she won't uh, land on her head outside any, any more than that. Uh, she wore her wonder woman inspired oh. gear that a fan, a fan actually designed and sent the design to her husband, the seamstress who uh, made her wonder woman gear. And that was a, uh, also a highlight of the first ever women's Royal rumble match. And my my personal highlight was when she was she had Lita in the corner and threw the fakest kicks and the worst kicks perhaps in the history of professional wrestling at Lita. That was my favorite part. All right, boss, time's over. (laughs) (laughs) That was boss time. No, it was, it was a good weekend. I, I, I won't uh, I won't take it away from, from you too much, other than you know making fun of you a little bit. But uh, yeah, I the part where we, we mentioned Trish and you mentioned Trish and Sasha doing doing spots together. Every woman from the current generation of wrestlers was tripping over themselves to get into position to do spots with Trish Stratus, and that was awesome. Because like, and I think that kind of shows you. No offense to the Bellas or Michelle and Kelly. It's like everyone and Michael Cole actually did a did a decent job. He did had a pretty bad weekend, but uh, he did a very good job when Trish came out of mentioning like every girl basically on the roster currently names Trish Stratus as their one of their top motivations for getting into wrestling, and that shown that very much uh, shined through in the in the match watching everybody. Uh, do do various spots. She did the double double stratisfaction on the Bellas, and did the spots with Sasha. Did the the Hurricane Rana on Bailey. Like everybody wanted to do spots, spots with Trish. That was cool to see. Yeah, and obviously they had the women. Uh, they had them in Philly all weekend. I assume they rehearsed a lot. I think they had a ring set up and somewhere close to the building, and they had them rehearse the match. And I don't care. <laughs> like great <laughs> it great i'm sure it made it a better match and by the trish is another one that by the end of her run she was a really good worker uh i'll say i mean she was much better than michelle um but i yeah. didn't i didn't necessarily expect her to come back after many years away and um look like a good worker but she looked like a good worker in that match so that that was a lot of fun monday night raw the coach replaced Booker T on commentary. I hated the coach when he was here a decade ago. <laughs> I thought the coach was mostly well, I thought the coach was mostly fine on Monday Night Raw because he sucks, but he didn't t- he didn't talk too much. Much like Percy Watson, I thought was pretty good on the NXT Takeover show. He. I don't actually think Percy sucks. I don't think he's good, but I don't think he sucks. Um, but I thought, I mean, 
Percy was perfectly great on that, perfectly fine on that takeover show. And I thought the coach was perfectly fine on Raw because he kind of he kind of asked some questions. You could tell maybe he hasn't watched the product every week <laughs> yeah. uh, for the last few years. But I thought he was totally fine. You have any uh, op- strong opinions on the coach? Uh, no, he was he was all right. I mean, I think I think once they get into a rhythm, that's when he'll either sink or swim. I thought he, yeah, he had a part where he was talking about they were one of the elimination chamber qualifying matches. He's really trying to put over the, you know, he's like, oh, they're going to work so hard to get through this match, and they're going to try to win the elimination chamber, the most hellacious match possible, and the reward for all of that is Brock Lesnar. And like Cole and Graves were just kind of silent. And and it's like that's the moment where like Cole Graves has to be like, yeah, coach, that's how much the Universal Championship means to these guys, or how much WrestleMania means to these guys. So I think once they kind of get rolling with it, it will will figure out, uh, you know, what everybody's strengths are. Uh, I mean, yeah, Booker Booker T. I don't I don't know if he was there because he was making somebody laugh, and they wanted him to act <laughs> the way he acts, or. Or if he was, I mean, I would assume if they didn't like it, they would have told him to knock it off. Because, I mean, he was wacky in his original commentary run in, like, 2011 to 2012. But he was not, I mean, the last six months or so, he's just been out of his mind. And and they haven't seemed to try to rein him in at all. And, I mean, even before they had coach, they still had Otunga and Saxton and other guys that could fill that uh, that spot on the show. If, if if they were mad at him. So it's not like, oh, they've been searching for his replacement. I think they just, they got the coach who is now has been on ESPN and has some legitimacy to him perhaps in their eyes. And and also he's just an old, you know, him and Vince have been pals for, for years and years. So, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate the coach. He's not, he's still not my favorite uh, guy. Uh, I remember him actively trying to ruin the main event of WrestleMania 24, but, uh, <laughs> yes, here on here on this show, he was not uh, the worst I've ever heard, and I would say an improvement over Booker T. So the big items on Raw, as mentioned, were the the Sasha and Oscar match, which was for nothing. Oscar uh, <laughs> uh, did not name who she will be facing at WrestleMania, uh, but I guess the working idea is Oscar and Charlotte and Alexa and Nia, and then Ronda working a mixed tag with a partner against Stephanie and Triple H with that partner being the rock if they can get him and maybe Braun if they can't. Uh uh I don't know. The the observer last week reported that Braun was going to wrestle Miz for the Intercontinental title. I just have a hard time seeing as many projects as the rock has going. I have a hard time <laughs> seeing him uh, getting cleared by an insurance company to do a wrestling match after he got really badly injured in the last wrestling match he did. Um, but what do you think of those proposed plans? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I'm sure they would love to get him and uh, maybe he, and I think that's the type of match that has the type of star power and appeal that the rock would probably be interested in. But as you mentioned, it might be hard logistically to, to get him cleared for that. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the backup partners, Kurt Angle is another one that's oh. kind of obvious. I think yeah. if you remember, Triple H shot two different angles for himself at Survivor <laughs> Series last year. Um, yeah, that's right. I, I mean, I will say when I heard Braun and Miz at first, I thought there, that doesn't make any sense to me, but the Miz has pinned Roman Reigns twice in two weeks. So it does seem like, okay, we're building him up for something or we're trying to give him some air of, even though he's winning in heelish ways, they want to get it over that he can find ways to win against the big-time main eventers. So if that's the case, that would make sense if he's going to be working uh, Braun. Um, so yeah, Kurt, my guess, if they can't get rocked, my first instinct is Kurt Angle. Uh, the other outlier that I think, and this is just, obviously this is getting into fantasy booking territory, but we mentioned him last week, Dave Batista has talked about wanting to have one last match with Triple H forever. Yeah, that's a good point. And basically since he left, he said that he you know, he wants to come back and have probably one last maybe a year-long run and that during that time he would like to have a match with Triple H, specifically at a WrestleMania. So, if they I mean if they can't get Rock, uh 
I yeah, I'd, I'd maybe give give, <laughs> give Big Dave a call. See if I mean, obviously he would sort of be. I mean, but I, I mean, if they can get him, he's I mean, he's a legitimate Hollywood star now as well, and that's uh, that's a big deal. And and Kurt would then be freed up to uh, well, if I had my way, not wrestle at all because I don't want to be sad. But um, he could potentially do something with his with his fake son or or something else. If that's the case, but yeah, I would. I said, yeah, maybe Paul, if you're listening, maybe uh, maybe give Big Dave a call. You mentioned Miz retaining the Intercontinental Title over Roman. Um, Cena beat Balor in the main event of that show in an Elimination Chamber qualifying match. Not sure why Cena had to beat Finn Balor. That was a weird. Uh, that was a weird one. Yeah, I mean, my thought was. <laughs> they should have had Cena and Elias lose and then they could have had a singles match on this show on the, the elimination chamber show on the, you know, on the undercard, had that be the, the number two match on the show, but they put both Elias and Cena in the chamber. And uh, yeah, who, who knows what Balor will do on this show now? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm sure in their head, they think, well, Cena's going to be wrestling the undertaker. So we gotta, we gotta give him some big wins and, what bigger win could we give him than beating the Iron Man of the Royal Rumble? Uh, and uh, but uh, Finn got to kick out of an AA, Ethan. So uh, they're still pushing him. Clearly, right, right. He did that thing where because he's John Cena, they always book him a certain way. But you know, he only uses that super AA on other top baby faces. like Bobby Lashley and I remember him doing it to Punk once I think Punk was a heel at the time actually but um, that's you know he's really he's really pulling uh, all the tricks out of the bag when he uses that super AA it's a little touch that if they ever touched on it on a commentary (laughs) it would be nice but um, they had Braun doing some more wacky stunt stuff I thought that Raw very clearly they were trying they were they're trying some new stuff they updated the gra- they updated updated the graphics. They updated the announce team. They shot things a little bit differently. They I like I liked I liked Raw as a show because they're trying some stuff and they're trying to make it seem important and maybe a little more impactful. Um, and they, and they did long matches that all felt important. Sometimes we get long matches that are just that shouldn't go as long as they do. And they just feel like they drag on. I mean, these, the matches that, you know, that went long on this show, the, the Oscar and Sasha match, the, the intercontinental title match and the, and the main event all went long, but they were all important. They all had seemingly something on the line. Um, I mean, the Sasha and Oscar match, I guess didn't, didn't technically, but it's, I mean, every match with Oscar should be pushed as a big deal because she's undefeated. And I hope, you know, and for better or worse, as everyone has sort of noted, they're really trying. Cole, Cole, Michael Cole is working, working overtime to really put emphasis on on big time uh, women's matches and main events. Uh, you know, main events with the women in them. So they worked really hard to make that that Oscar and Sasha match feel like a big deal and and put over Sasha as much as they could while beating her. Which is funny because like two weeks ago she just lost to a stomach kick. But uh, here she was going toe to toe with theoretically the the toughest woman in the whole company. But uh, you know Vince doesn't remember that, and I guess I shouldn't either. Um, they they booked her and they booked her and Balor the exact same way. They they were the iron person in their rumble match, and then they got beat in quote unquote really competitive matches against big stars the next night. I guess that's. <laughs> I feel like somehow, and you're gonna, you know, say this is the uh, the Donald and uh, Don Trump thing. <laughs> the, you know, when uh, when Ivanka's in charge, boy, things are gonna be so much better. But uh, <laughs> I, I I had the feeling that maybe if if Papa Hunter were in charge, that we that those two would have won those matches, or you know, that 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 was his little way of okay, we're gonna protect Paul's guys here. <laughs> But they're not. They're say, still not. They're still not Vince's guys. Yeah, I mean, in a very minor way, uh, Balor kicked out of Cena's AA. Cena didn't kick out of the coup de gras. So there's. I mean, yeah, they protect. They protected him. They did as much as they could 
for Balor if you eliminate the possibility of him winning. Yeah. Uh, the crowd in Philadelphia was terrible during the women's rumble match, and they were terrible during that Cena Balor match too. I just wanted to get a jab in at the Philly crowd. They were all. Oh, I was I was hoping uh, I was hoping to hear some Travis ba- Travis Brown chants when Ronda came out, but I didn't hear any. Yeah, they were they were pretty abysmal. Uh, SmackDown Live this week, mm, not a whole lot, not a whole lot to write home about. They kind of so Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to wrestle next week for the right to wrestle AJ Styles at <laughs> Fastlane, and Nakamura and Styles teamed up against Sami and Kevin in the main event. And if you missed the show, I don't think you missed anything. Would you agree with that? Oh uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, they're really pushing hard that that Owens and Zayn aren't on the ma- on aren't on the same page. So either they're breaking up and that's your mania match or it's it's all a big swerve and and they'll do some sort of uh something similar to like the DX European title match from that one raw or something. I don't know, but uh yeah. The, so I mean they they pushed it so hard and they were very dramatic with everything that I kind of thought that it must be a swerve, but uh, at the same time, I don't really can't really think of a ton for those guys to do at WrestleMania if they aren't working each other. So, I mean, I guess you could put them against the Usos or something um, if if you keep them as a team, or put them against Shane and a partner. But um, God, I don't want to think about that. This Owens and Zayn and Shane stuff stretching for two more months, man. You man, know, I just depressed myself. How? I don't want to add to your depression, but do you realize that Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy are probably going to end up as a tag team in wrestling for the tag titles? Oh, oh man. Can't you see it? Yeah. They even <laughs> kind of teased it in the Rumble. They worked together to throw somebody out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't I don't have any scoops on that, but I, I just I get the feeling that's where that's going. Oh, boy. In uh, let's see, Rockstar Spud debuted as Drake Maverick as the two hundred five Live GM this what? week. Yes, and, and Jeremy all the made up names, <laughs> all Drake. the NXT name generator names, and uh, Jeremy Borash signed with WWE this week. I'm not sure what role he's going to play. Hopefully, just behind the scenes. <laughs> hopefully, I like him as a ring announcer. Oh. No, that guy, that Greg Hamilton guy that does SmackDown and NXT, he's the best ring announcer they have by a mile and a half. At the house show we were at, JoJo forgot to announce the winner of one of the matches. <laughs> she just <laughs> she she forgot. <laughs> Get like what? <laughs> he's he's the best guy they got by far, and I know you know. Justin Roberts got in trouble for giving everybody special introductions and trying to get <laughs> trying to get those guys over, but Hamilton does that, and he's great. Uh, yeah, he's 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 perfectly fine. I I honestly don't. I've I gotten, just, gotten to the point where I tune out. I don't like want to see announcers in the same want, way that I tune out uh, commentators. That's that's tough, but fair. I don't want to see Jeremy Borash's stupid face on TV. I mean. <laughs> Well, hopefully, uh, maybe the next time they do a House of Horrors match, uh, and they really get in, if they really get into the Hardy stuff, uh, having Borash, you know, who is depending on who you ask, maybe the most important piece of that, of of turning Matt Hardy's vision into reality, um, having him on staff to maybe help produce those videos isn't isn't the worst thing. But I mean, yeah, that's. <laughs> Of all the TNA lifers who suddenly showed up in WWE, that's maybe the most surprising um, of all of them. Uh, is that Borash, after all these years, finally, finally left? All right, we've gone nearly an hour here. We're the Iron. We're the Iron Men of this week's sure. Royal Rumble Royal, Royal Rumble recap show. We covered a lot. I'm Finn and he's Sasha, obviously. Very clearly. Uh, you can tell by my abs. <laughs> you can tell by the the rings I'm wearing on my hands. <laughs> you can't see me. You don't know if I am or I'm not. All right, <laughs> I'm getting punchy now. Do you got anything else, or should we get the hell out of here? I think uh, I think we've covered uh, covered just about everything. Um, 
yeah, the the XFL is back, gang, and uh, and well, and all is right with the world. It'll be back in two years, maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right. Yeah. I, I don't want to do more XFL talk, but I'll just say very quickly, it doesn't have to be as big as it, they were trying to be 17 years ago for this thing to work. It can get on a small little cable station that needs programming, and they can play in arenas instead of stadiums. And okay, they, you're, you're saying all this. Just fine. You're saying all this because you're, you're thinking rationally. Like Vince McMahon doesn't want to be a feeder for the NFL. Like he doesn't want to be even even in the way that ROH has become a feeder for WWE. Where I'm not saying pen to paper he's the official minor leagues, but yeah, you could say hey he could carve himself out a little niche and sort of pitch it to you know to younger athletes or athletes who haven't had success at the NFL level and say hey come here get on TV. You'll, it's that way there's footage of you playing really prove to people, you know, college athletes that maybe got hurt and fell out of the draft or whatever. Like, yeah, there's a role for that, but that's not what he's going to do because it's Vincent Mann. Like, his, he is going to go after that Bible belt, and he's, it's ironic because the XFL was originally the, the raunchy, smash-mouth, in-your-face football league, and now it's for your grandpa. That's what he's going to go for, though. That's like he's going to go after the median age of what currently watches his products, which is, you know, 50 and up. Like, he's going to go for that crowd. Um, and he's going to try to compete because even though, yeah, he could probably make money and have a nice little niche uh, product that could that could help guys get some exposure who are either perhaps finished playing in the NFL and don't have much left or guys who, like I said, didn't get drafted and are looking to just sort of get some eyeballs on them. Yeah, he could do that, and he'd probably be successful. But that's, you know that's not what he's going to do, right? Like, that's not, that's not what he's going to do. He's going to try to, if it's not a raging success that can compete with the NFL, he's going to look at it as a failure. You know, you're right. There's a very, there's a very large. I really, really, I'm not. <laughs> that's a good point. There's a very large sample size of Vince McMahon behavior to analyze, and uh, yeah, I think, I think you're pretty spot on with all of your analysis there. I still hope that someone. I just hate to see a hundred million. I don't even care that it's Vince McMahon's a hundred million dollars. I hate to see a hundred million dollars just set on fire. <laughs> and for that reason, I hope that sometime over the next two years someone talks some sense to this guy and they end up playing in arenas and they sell it to Fox Sports 1 or ESPN 2 or something like that. And they make it... Telemundo. Yeah, something like that. BBC (laughs) America. Yeah. All right. So that's your XFL, SmackDown, Raw, Royal Rumble, TakeOver, House Show, Recap Show, everyone. It's TWL 146. Thanks for checking us out. Until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we will be back very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys.
you upset that you missed the State of the Union or no? Uh, not really. I watched most of the first hour, kind of flipped between that and SmackDown. Was it horrend- as horrendous as like as it could have been? Uh, I didn't think so. He, I mean, he he was on a prompter and he just kind of touted the stuff that he has done, and you know, talked about tax reform and crime rates and and stock market and stuff like that he he went to stock market he did business <laughs> and uh <laughs> i was looking at some numbers today and uh is one of the uh, five, <laughs> 538 or one of those sites talking about and here's what trump's gonna trumpet tonight and does he have any right to crow about this and their mm-hmm. uh response i mean their conclusion and they're just data not any commentary at all was yeah actually some of this economic economic stuff has actually upticked a little bit whether or not he has anything to do with that or not yeah but there's been a little economic uptick here and i just i just looked at it and thought yes business-wise this all appears to be appropriate <laughs> yeah it's uh that, that's a, that's about right um, I, went, I went searching for those gifts and photos today and discovered that the character's name is vincent adult men yes <laughs> Incredible. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the Princess Carolyn, who who dates him for several episodes, asks what his name is, and he goes, "Vincent, adult man, <laughs> Vincent Adultman." <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. Great. You know, there's certain things in comedy that'll just always work. Uh, Bugs Bunny style door humor. Oh yeah, where guys run in one door and pop out the other, and there's a guy chasing them. Yeah, Scooby Doo yeah. did that for years. Yeah, that that always works. Mm-hmm. Children, two short people in a trench coat pretending to be one person, always gonna be fun. <laughs> Will Ferrell doing anything with his horrible body? Yes. <laughs> yes. Will Ferrell with his shirt off or his underpants? Yes. Yeah, it'll always work. <laughs> The word underpants, by the way, always funnier than the word underwear. (laughs) 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 I I didn't watch SNL because I really can't watch SNL anymore because it it might very well be funny. I just can't stand anything political. Like, like, I'm sure I agree with the viewpoint and the comedy, I'm sure, is dead on and it's perfectly fine satire. I just... I don't want to get hit over the head with it. <laughs> yeah. But but I, I watched no, Baldwin is effing terrible. Like Baldwin's Trump really is, is awful. Like I don't know if you've seen any of the Comedy Central president show, but like that's that's the guy who should be doing Trump on SNL. Really? Like he doesn't necessarily have enough material for a 30-minute television show that they have him do on Comedy Central every week. Uh-huh. But as far as actually doing like an impression, mm-hmm. um and like some of the voice inflections and stuff, he's very good. And yeah, he should be. And apparently, he actually auditioned to play him uh-huh. uh, for SNL, and SNL didn't took apparently took his. This is like hearsay that was in some article I read. God knows if it's true, but basically took his audition tape and gave it to Baldwin, and Baldwin tried to mimic it. I see. Um, so, I mean, which sounds like the type of like weird insider pro wrestling style politics that would happen <laughs> in, yeah in an, an snl slash nbc but uh but yeah, yeah like that like but baldwin just sucks i mean it, ha- it has to be that because daryl hammond's right there daryl hammond's the announcer on the show now and daryl hammond did trump for years and he did a great trump mm-hmm. so it had yeah. to be, it had to be yeah they wanted a name yeah i don't i don't know but the yeah, SNL for me is just yeah, it's it's like I like the Weekend Update guys, who I guess are like the head writers of the show now. Um, yeah, but yeah I, they're pretty good. Yeah, but like I don't. There's nothing I ever be like, man. I really got to hear what the SNL comedy team has to say about this week. Maybe that's also because every show does pretty much nothing but political commentary now. Like you have Kimmel and Colbert and Seth Meyers. Yeah. And the cable shows all doing that have all gotten to that stuff. And then you have SNL on Saturday. And it's like, it's one thing if you do the John Oliver thing where you make a couple of jokes and then you go a deep dive into sort of a more, a lesser examined topic. Mm -hmm. 
but they're just kind of yeah it's the same jokes it's the same flavor of joke that you know that Fallon made in his monologue on Tuesday right I did happen to see some YouTube some uh sketches from I guess Farrell Will Farrell hosted uh this past week oh, okay and I saw some sketches on YouTube, and uh, there's a sketch where he was playing a, a fighter pilot, and his uh, fighter pilot code name was Clown Penis. <laughs> 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 and it's just four minutes of Will Ferrell saying Clown Penis, <laughs> <laughs> like straight faced saying Clown Penis, mm-hmm. and it's it's incredible. <laughs> awesome! I will check that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no no one. I mean. Letterman made me kind of probably chuckle, you know, but as far as just laughing, no human Mm -hmm. being alive has ever made me laugh as much (laughs) as Will Ferrell. (laughs) It's like, well, the hard mark is like Will Ferrell arguably hasn't made like a really good movie in like a decade. Yeah. But like, he's still pretty good in like every bad movie he's in. Like, (laughs) like Anchorman 2 probably objectively is a bad movie. Yeah. I laughed. I laughed my ass off at that movie, like the first <laughs> the first couple times I saw it because there's just just dumb random things that he threw in that you know that 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 were that were that were that just made me laugh or yeah or looks on his face or just the ability to straight facely deliver the most preposterous things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clown penis out. <laughs> 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 Sounds oh. great. <laughs> yeah. I try to keep on keeping on.